This is a Federal News Network podcast. COVID-19 has flipped nearly every facet of life upside down, especially the workplace. A case in point, the Air Force. Six months into the pandemic, the top brass say after seeing the repercussions of telework, the Air Force is never going back to the way it was. Other military services might be following suit. Federal News Network's Scott Mossioni joins me with more. Scott, is the Air Force simply going to let everyone continue to telework forever now? In a way, they they sort of are. Uh, I mean, they've really seen the benefits of this. They've been converted to the gospel of uh, telework. And everyone from the chief of staff to the vice chief of staff to the leader of Air Force Materiel Command uh, to the Air Force Reserve to talent management is really speaking the phrases of, of telework. Now, obviously, that doesn't mean it's going to be everyone. But right now, they have a very large chunk of their people teleworking at this point. And it's going to continue that way. Uh, you know, Stephen Wilson, who is the vice chief of staff of the Air Force, he kind of threw out some random numbers there saying, you know, maybe 30 percent, something like that. Nothing on the books, nothing like that. So, you know, don't read too much into it. But, you know, that's that's the kind of scale and size that they're looking into at this point. And are they talking about civilians and uniform members, airmen that may not be in garrisons and and air bases and places where obviously they have to be there. Yeah, they are. So they're talking about both the, the, the uniformed people and civilians. And one of the things about this, they said is it's one of the beauties of it is that, you know, you can imagine hiring someone maybe in Arizona who would work for the Pentagon, but they don't have to go to the Pentagon. And, uh, you know, maybe on a temporary duty status, they come to the Pentagon every once in a while, but, They can still just hang out with their kids and pick them up from school and do everything that they want to do and also save an hour commute um, while also working uh, for the Washington, D.C. area. Yeah. And if you live in Arizona, you don't really want to come to Washington to work in the Pentagon. You just stick with the Diamondbacks. It's uh, plenty to do out in in Arizona. Now, there have been preparations to support telework by DOD and the Air Force since all of this. There have. So DISA, the Defense Information Systems Agency, did a lot of work when COVID first came to to bear, really, and and came out. Uh, Within 30 days of the pandemic taking hold, they increased storage capacity by 400%. It provisioned circuits that increased network capability by nearly 500 gigabits per second and increased virtual private network access access by more than 1,000%. So that means that they're taking in about... 122,000 telework connections a day. It's really an amazing feat that they brought all this together. It it took some extra emergency funding to do. But now that they've done it, they've set up this uh, really network of things that they were kind of afraid to try at first because they didn't know how it was going to pay off. COVID has forced them into that, uh, forced their hand a bit on this. And now they're seeing the benefits, the J curve, they're on the other end of it. And uh, now they're seeing you know, like I said, the benefits and, and probably going to keep doing it. Now, have they also loosened some of the policies on what types of devices people can use to access Air Force and DOD networks? That is, with people teleworking, they were pretty strict about what people could use. Are they loosening up there at all? So that's one of the things that they've been working on. They're working on bringing down the cost of bring your own device so that the apps can be used more effectively by people. And they're also using trying to look into the cybersecurity of it. It's one of the things that takes a little bit more time because sometimes technical people need to look at these sorts of devices and things like that. But, uh, you know, the Defense Department right now is paying a good bit of money to try and 
uh, use these uh, bring your own devices and try and, and retrofit them basically. So um, it's an issue that they're, they're working on at this point, uh, but something that, that hasn't necessarily come to, to fruition. We're speaking with Federal News Network Scott Massioni, and we've talked about the benefits to employees of telework, which apparently the brass seem to support. Are there any benefits to the Air Force that they've been able to see or measure? There are. Well, commercial real estate is is one of the biggest that we can just talk about right off the bat, which is, you know, the Pentagon is probably one of the biggest office buildings in the world. Now, that's not going to go anywhere, but they do lease lots of other areas around the nation and around the world. And they may not need to do that anymore, especially with the civilian side. Uh, one of the things that uh, the chief of staff of the Air Force talked about was that his son works in the corporate world. And what they do is they have a sort of bank of cubicles and people come in when they want to. No one has an assigned cubicle per se. So, you know, the Air Force could do something like that and really cut down their uh, their office space and, and real estate costs by a good amount. You know, another one of the things that they're talking about, which, which I mentioned before, was just the talent aspect of it. The Air Force and the military in general strapped for talent in the sense that they're losing out to private industry. This gives them the flexibility that Google and Microsoft have been offering for a long time. So, uh, you know, something to, to bring in the, the, the people that they need, especially in this cyber and space environment. Getting back to the real estate footprint, people don't realize it's not just the Pentagon, but a place like Crystal City. That could be deserted because all those buildings there are federal contractors that are lots of them are teleworking. Many, many small federal components offices are in Crystal City. I imagine pretty soon you'll be able to bowl down those <laughs> alleyways underground there. That's right. Uh, you know, it's, I mean, the malls, you know, and then you have to really think about the repercussions. I mean, there's lots of small stores in there and, and all that stuff too. And Amazon just bought a uh, huge headquarters in that area too. So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a definite change for the real estate market there. Now's the place to get a condo, I suppose. And what about the other armed services? Are they following the Air Force or what are you seeing? Yeah, you know, they haven't really brought in as much of a um, promise as the Air Force has. I mean, this in their last week, having those top people, I mean, you heard me rattle them off in the beginning. That's a lot of top people that are really signing up for telework here. We've seen that the chief for personnel in the Navy has been very excited about this. And he also talked about the possibilities of saving money for real estate. Uh, also, you know, the Army is very interested in this, but we've yet to see someone say, we're not coming back to the old way of doing things, which is what the Air Force's undeniable statement was last week. Interesting. So they're really out in front on this. And the Space Force is following the lead of the Air Force? That's exactly right. And, you know, one of the concerns with that is that the Space Force will be working with a lot more classified environments. And that's one thing that they have not bolstered as much as they'd like to. Right now, they're bringing in people in shifts to work in these kind of skiffs or class and classified sort of areas. But, you know, the the thing is, is that they can work on that. DISA can work on that. And in the future, if they really make the commitment for it, they can put the money into it that maybe, maybe someday in the future, people will be able to work on classified environments at home. Because there is that interaction they have with the intelligence community and the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, and they're dealing with this also. But a lot of those people still simply have to be in skiffs. And so right. if they're exchanging data, you would think it would have to go skiff to skiff instead of skiff to condo. Right. And, you know, that that's, I think, one of the things that they're going to have to really work out in, in the future. And right now, you know, it's 2020, but you never know in 2025, we may have the, the security to do something like that. Or, you know, the Defense Department, 
they are, uh, you know, the biggest uh, secure security uh, managers in the world, right? So um, they should be able to, to figure something out if they really want to put their money behind this. Federal News Network, Scott Massioni, thanks so much. Thank you. Check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Pop quiz. What can you buy for $3.99? Not a latte, but for less than the cost of a cup of coffee, you can get all your favorite music ad-free. While other streaming services jack up their prices, Live One's membership is only $3.99 per month, and you can lock in that price for a full year. Join now to get the best deal in music with zero ads, unlimited skips, and maximum audio quality. Get the music you love at a price that fits into your budget with Live One Plus. Check out liveone.com slash best music for details. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. 